Hi. Hello. Hello. How you doing? So good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals and best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and small home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rao, also a midwife at the same small home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant with you guys at our lovely out-of-hospital practice. Welcome back. Welcome back, Meredith. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Meredith's back from Portland. She's back. Guess who's back? Back again. I actually think that I missed a calling. I think I should have just been like a bougie, like postpartum doula doula that just travels the world and supports people for a couple of weeks it was pretty magic you could join forces with liz yeah that sounds amazing actually maybe we can look into this as a new business venture yeah it was pretty phenomenal and kim is about to leave for seattle to see her family i am i'm feeling calmer already seattle's like yeah. such a chill place it's been really seriously fun. it's cold <laughs> it's really- yeah it is <laughs> It's really fun watching you before you do trips because you just got Makes back. I feel better about myself. You just got back from a beach trip and now you're leaving for this trip, which is very abnormal for you. <laughs> I know. This is the not. most traveling you've done in like four years, all congealed into a week. And so Kim sends us these text messages where she's literally just like in a spiral of panic and you can Horrible. hear it. I have like, I have a voice I hear in my head when you send me texts with a certain like, energy. Oh yeah, it's like really high pitched and like undulates a lot. Well, I have this like, I don't know if it's like part of my OCD or part of, I don't know what it is, but if I'm do if I go somewhere or if I have something coming up, all of a sudden I have this list of hundreds of things that have to be done. I didn't, ha- why did I need to clean my closet and my entire dresser out today? Yeah, why did what? you have to bring us all your hand-me-downs today? What? I really appreciate it, how but does that get unnecessary. Me to, no, how does that get me to Seattle? But in my mind, I was like, you can't pack until you go through everything you own give everything you don't want to meredith and jess and then and only then can you pack and then i looked at the wrong washington for the weather so i have all these outfits laid out for fucking washington dc where i'm not going washington that's (laughs) my dear sweet kim well, we all know I don't know any geography, That's so clearly true. neither does my weather app. Don't just worry, throw though. in a couple sweaters. Don't worry, though, Kim. We sweat order. They use the same money as us in Seattle. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank you, you don't God. Have to you could buy Seattle way more dollars. exciting things with it. So. so now I have to go home and redo. You know what? I'm just going to add a jean jacket to yeah. every outfit I picked out. Perfect. But in my mind, and I'm in a panic. Bring boots. Be- mm-hmm. Boots. There. I'll just do yeah. boots, boots instead of sandals. Boots and socks and boots and socks. I don't know how people live. I just, it's, I don't. In your defense, you did come hang out with me on my back porch for like an hour yesterday I and did. all of that chaos. It's I did that. so interesting We ended up working, me. but. It's so interesting to me that you're such my polar opposite because on every trip I take, I literally will be like, I'll pack the day before and then I don't. And then I end up waking up. Or you get like, called to a birth and then yeah. you don't have a choice. Or I just end up like, even before I went to Australia for three weeks, I woke up at five in the morning before I had to leave for my flight. And I was like, oh, let me pack in the dark throw some stuff in a backpack and off i, did I go that. when we went to key west i did that but yeah. the reason i didn't do it this time is because i get so many times i've planned a trip and i'm like no big deal i'll do it the night before but then i get like called to a birth or something happens yeah and then my body doesn't fit anything anymore so then i panic and then i'm up to like two in the morning trying on one outfit after another trying to figure out what i can wear that sounds so stressful it's so stressful if you just didn't care and you only wore leggings and sweaters like me, it'd I know. be so much easier. I want to not care. And then Max keeps having these complete panic attacks and poor Chuck is just wonder like, where he gets that from. What is happening? <laughs> and then this morning Brock started to panic because he dropped his gogurt on the floor. Oh, I have his note. And I was like, you have to eat something because you're freaking out. So he dropped it on the floor and it like shot out. And I was oh, like, no. oh my God, it's fine. Just just squeeze it into your mouth and go. <laughs> and he's like, the floor. <laughs> he's like, oh, I can. And Chuck is just standing there watching all of us like scream and run in circles. And I'm like, I don't know. And, when. Then, and then your mom's just going to float in like a beautiful butterfly. And just like this like world of calm is going to fall upon your family. And yeah. it's going to be great. That'll be nice. It'll be fine. You'll be in Washington and be- you won't have to care anymore no, i'm totally calm when i Washington once i get State. to where i'm going it's fine it, unless it? it's qs unless it's with us unless it's <laughs> unless it's 
<laughs> anywhere but my home. Yeah. <laughs> I say that's a lie. But when I had that panic attack <laughs> bullshit. yesterday all day, I was like, at least I know now it's not because I was in Key West. True. I just keep having panic attacks. Yeah, you're and just now losing I have a fever blister because I got sunburned and also freaked out. It just makes you look like you have really full lips right now. It's actually really <laughs> nice for your vacay. You can rock it. It's working for you. How am I so calm at births? Like if someone tries to like... It's all about balance. So, so you have weird. your superpower is to just like handle shit. And so when you don't have to handle shit, you go to the extreme. If it's, it's calm, you got to balance yourself out. I can't handle calm. We don't good in stillness. So speaking of preparation. Um, H. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. It feels good on the whole. On the whole. On the whole. Preparation H does feel good. What did you say good. earlier that got me real good? I don't know. Not a whole. We'll come back to it. So we do have a real topic today. Today we are talking about siblings at birth. Bum, bum, bum. Um, We've had a couple people request this one, actually. Yeah. And I mean, I talk to a lot of people about it because in our home birth practice, it's a very real possibility mm-hmm. that it's siblings... on our checklist of things to talk about. Yeah. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit about like some of the good experiences we've had, some of the bad experiences we've had. And also some of the, like, if you do want your children out of birth, some of the things that you probably should do. Keep in mind. Like, please, please do it. Yes. <laughs> because I, we shouldn't say bad experiences. Just like there have been some intense moments and it's because they didn't do these suggested things. Yes. And I think it would have been better for them if they had. If they had done those things to make the that go as smoothly as possible. But a lot of people say to me when we're talking about them coming to a birth they're like um they're like am i going to scare my child because i'm making noises or because there's blood or because of this or because of that um and my answer to that is usually that if you prepare them in advance so like kids are super i don't know what's the word Resilient, resilient, malleable. They're (laughs) both, but they're so resilient. The way I the way I describe it is that anything is normal if an adult makes it normal, which could go in either direction. Yeah. So if you if any experience, we are calm. They are calm. Exactly. Or like that's the same thing you're talking about, like preparing them. If we show them that birth is normal by like birth videos or things like that, and they see that it happens all the time, that helps too. But so just, will you scare them? Like, no, not if you yeah. tell them, here are some things that could happen and it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. So some of the things that I think it's really important to definitely say is like um, when mom's giving birth, it's hard work. And sometimes moms make funny noises and it doesn't mean I'm being hurt. It means I'm working hard to get out your baby brother mm-hmm. or sister. Um, <laughs> prepare them that blood is could happen and that that's okay or vomit oh my gosh um tori (laughs) when i we when i attended her first home birth with me yeah she said that her daughter was like she was totally in it and fine but there was some blood afterwards not a lot just Mm -hmm. but to her daughter it was a damn crime scene and she still talks about it and it has been years yeah so i guess that wasn't something that we had like mentioned about, yeah. right i do feel like that i was actually i spaced out for a sec because i was looking and seeing if there was any research and what it was saying was that it is like overwhelmingly positive and both the parents and the children see it as like a positive unifying experience but there are different levels of like transient fear and anxiety mm-hmm. in the beginning in the short term not it doesn't say in the long term but in the short term there is transient anxiety and that's when i feel like prepping them for a lot of different things is where that would help yeah so if you've told your child before it even happens that like it's really normal for there to be blood after the baby comes out or a little bit before the baby comes out and then when it does happen we know that you've already prepared your child for that if we see them looking at it we can reinforce that like oh Mm -hmm. that's super normal that's what happens when the placenta is getting ready to come out um but then Oh, sorry. I was just saying my biggest one that I learned the lesson of isn't letting them know that babies aren't always like pink and crying when they come out. Yes. And letting them know that like color is like them being like blue or dusky can be normal. And it just takes them a little while to come around and pink up and like prepping for that. That's super important to talk about. Not even with just younger kids. Right. Well, with with our moms and with our dads. too. All these things we we do touch on all this stuff. Like at a birth, I'll say, hey, when the placenta comes out, 
out there's probably going to be a gush of blood that's no big deal so then all of these things if we feel the need to say them to adults we should probably yeah tell them yeah. to the children <laughs> but i do know like um so my nieces who were older at the time because my nephew's only three um they came to his birth and they were great the whole time the whole birth and when he came out and, you know, they've been around birth because of me their entire lives. So I guess I didn't like I had prepared them for some of the stuff, but that was one of the things that I had forgot to prepare them for. And so when he came out, like they were sobbing and I thought they're sobbing like with joy, with, with joy. And really, and they're so happy. And I found out later they actually thought that their brother was dead yeah. because of his color. And so they were actually freaking out. And I was like, oh, that was a I had doula a, fail. I had doula a niece very fail. similar experience where one of my clients had a home birth. And she had not just the siblings attend, but her siblings because she has like younger sisters. Yeah. So she had like over like 10 people attending this birth and they all like it was such a whirl and they all like rushed into the room right as the baby came out because it went really quickly in the end and I like just hear like silence I was like oh this is so nice there's a ton of people in there but it's like so quiet and calm and so after the baby comes out me and the mom are fine like we're happy and I turn around and look and everyone's face is white and they all look terrified and I was like hey like everyone good and they're like oh my god we thought the baby was dead because of the color and i was like oh no i'm so sorry the baby's perfect that that's normal so sorry gravy baby and of course like the mom heard them say that it was like so like i'm not happy with it but i mean it happens <laughs> so yeah so that's an important thing to and and like Showing birth videos is super important, I think, too, because um, birth is so real and so primal. But don't show your kids the like birth videos. No, well, not the horror stories, but don't show them the birth videos either, where it's just the very end part and there's like violins and rainbows violins. like shooting oh. out of everybody's <laughs> arseholes. And no, let them see it, fucker. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, no, that you've got to watch some videos because I mean, I didn't. Even Oscar saw some birth videos, but then when Evie was coming out, remember, he was like, what the? He goes, your vagina was huge. (laughs) (laughs) Things you're never allowed to say to me ever again. I know. I was like, if you could not (laughs) say that again, that would be great. (laughs) Kim is triggered. I know it's huge. I know. That's why there's a Grand Canyon tattoo above my mom's pubis. (laughs) Yeah. So just like you wouldn't. You wouldn't just like, I don't know, you take them it, to a, well, it's like also <laughs> like you prep your partner to be supportive of you in labor. Like you should definitely do the same for anybody else attending that will have then, to witness the same thing. If the people there are acting like totally normal and mm-hmm. smiling and like, it's so, it's fine. I've yeah. never seen a kid freak out because of a birth ever they're freaking out because they can't get in the birth tub or they're not getting their way and they're used to getting their way and no one tried to explain that this isn't about them it's about mom so i've actually found that like like you're saying not only do kids pick up on the energy of the adults in the room but they also tend to mirror us and so i've seen so many times especially with like little girls where it's adorable where like She'll go over to her mom having contractions and like play with her hair, play with her hair, or rub her back and say, "Gosh, mom, you're doing such a good job." And like, so cute. It's so adorable when they do that because this has become normal because everybody Mm -hmm. around has made it normal and they learn how to. So I think that's one of the really big positives of having children at a birth is that they they get to see this transition of life as something super normal and they don't forget that as they get older uh my friend's 13 year old son was actually her was going to be her doula and i at first i was like well that's interesting and then like the more i saw them together and like saw their dynamic it made so much sense Mm -hmm. like he was like her support person and was like so sweet and nurturing and kind and i was yeah it was really that was like fun for me to kind of have a reality check of like oh yeah like everyone has different dynamics and it's really even though it's unique it's totally perfect I think, um, and I'm all for kids at birth. I think sometimes the moms get this like romantic thought and idea in their head without taking into consideration that like that kid's two, they are not going to care that there's a baby coming out. Like they don't, some two year olds might get it like Evie, but Evie, even at two and a half was like in and out of the room. But so don't 
maybe make it a big part of your vision, like your two-year-old coming over and helping catch the baby. Like they'll be like, no, Dora's on, and I'd rather watch that. Like you just, they're there, but to for how they want to be there. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things that we need to do to prepare to have siblings out of birth. Um is not make them feel pressured to be in there. Right. Right. So that will make them start feeling panicked. The biggest part of that is, is saying, you know, you can be in the room if you want, but you can also not be in the room if you want. Yeah. So they need to be able to choose to come and go from the room as they please or as they feel comfortable. So, or if the mom decides that she doesn't want them there because she's getting distracted and feeling like she has to tend to their needs. It's always good to have a, backup plan so that so my number one advice for anybody who's planning to have children at their birth is have someone whose job it is just to take attend to the needs of the child at the birth and someone they trust like it can't be someone they don't have like a good relationship with because then they're not going to necessarily feel safe with that person either because and it also has to be that way too because we talk so much about moms being able to go primal and moms, when they have their child in the room, it's really hard to switch off of their brain from being the one who takes care of the needs of the child. And so it is really important that you don't feel like you have to be. If your kid walks up and will be like, Mom, I'm thirsty. I want juice. Like, so many moms feel so guilty for not being their mom in that moment. And it's so important to let that go for your labor yeah and to prepare the child like when mommy's giving birth like she probably isn't going to be able to help you with things so you need to ask somebody else because she's working so hard um but i do think that is one of the biggest things that can make or break a labor with kids if they don't feel like they can come and go freely or it just can get really chaotic because um if there's not somebody that's there just to watch the kids then it ends up being the dad coming and going from the Mm -hmm. room. And so, I mean, and in some dynamics that works because moms aren't really looking to dad to be like a major support person, but in others, um, people end up feeling really stressed because Mm -hmm. I find the dads tend to get really stressed because they're feeling pulled in multiple different directions. Yeah. And I feel like, and then the kids start to pick up on that stress. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I've seen, you know, I've been at births where, um, the, like you said, like the, the birth tub is always like the birth tub is always the problem. They always want to get in the birth tub. Yeah. So prepare them that unless you're really OK with it, that they can't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we've had kids that will just like scream. One absolute hour. bloody murder. Yeah. Because they want to get in the birth tub. One of my favorite births, the kid didn't scream, but he loves critters. And so his entire plan for the labor was to go catch something to put in the birth tub with his mom as like a gift during her labor. And we we're like, great. Now we're going to have to play like, Isn't we're going to have to keep him from putting great. tadpoles in the, in the freaking birth tub. That's fine. A couple things that you had said. Um, I, I've had enough babies or kids scream bloody murder to the point where now if they're like oh can I bring my kids I'm like absolutely I had all my kids at my births but if they are not behaving in a way that helps your birth progress I will make your husband take the baby out because I am not a babysitter like my job is to help you and I know some midwives are like oh my job is to help you and if that means taking your kid no I my job is to make sure you are safe. And so if you choose not to have someone at your birth, then that is your partner's job, or your husband's job, your whoever's job to take that kid out. And then they're not going to be there for the birth. And I used to feel bad saying that, but I don't anymore because I've, I've seen so many women struggle. Mm-hmm. And then when they look to me to take the kid out so they can be with their partner, the partner flips out. They're nervous. They, in their mind, the baby's going to come out without me. Like, that's not fair to anyone. So you have to have someone, like you said. Yeah. And the other thing that you were um, kind of touching on is that we our job is to normalize birth and breastfeeding and postpartum. So if you in your mind think, oh, I feel guilty, I'm not going to have someone there, I'm going to try to take care of my kid and birth my baby, you're teaching your entire family that it's a woman's birthing woman's job to continue to take care of everyone around her and that is not 
helping us as a, as a culture, like you need to teach your kids and teach your partner and teach your people around you that you have one job and that's to birth your baby. And everyone else's job is to just be take care of you. you. So it's not just in the labor, but also postpartum. I've watched moms like, no, I'll get it. Let me get it for her. If I don't get it for her, she's going to throw a fit. And I'm like, okay, well now you're just going to make everyone's life miserable. Like you, it's your job to teach your daughter and your son that your postpartum is your time. Mm -hmm. That way when they're partners have babies they can do the same for them or when their sisters have babies or when you have another one they'll know like my kids know oh we're bringing a meal because they had a baby and and your job is to take care of them so it's not just like a fun moment where the kid watches your baby come out like it is it could be a two-day process and in that process your younger kids or older kids I guess now are learning like this is normal. It's normal to dote on a woman in labor. It's normal to do whatever she says and whatever she needs. Don't make her get out of that birth tub to get an ice pop for the three-year-old because they're throwing a fit. Like, no, you say to the three-year-old, it's her time. It's her time now. I love how you're talking about like talking rationally with a (laughs) three-year-old. No, no, no. It's talking <laughs> rationally to the people whose job it is to take care right. of that three-year-old. No, I know. And if I'm that just... three-year-old starts to scream and thrash, you pick them up and you remove them from the room. But <laughs> I do find if you are very blunt with three-year-olds before that, that they actually really do get yes, it. Yes, they yeah. really they do. do. They do. They're and, really adaptable. And it, like you said, it does teach them something about thinking about somebody else's needs and not just their own needs, which is not a three-year-old. But it, but that is what's laying the groundwork. Right. But I will tell you the birth that you missed because you were with your grandmama Mm -hmm. and Jess Mm -hmm. and I were there. Mm. I don't know. That woman is some sort of superhero because that poor sweet kid was flipping out because it was was like his mom was in pain and he just wanted to snuggle her and she was literally pushing her baby out and somehow she managed to kiss him and love him and push and kiss him and I'm like yeah that's Jess a thousand percent her energy <laughs> and we're looking at each other and I'm like I there's no way there's no way I could have my baby and she was just like oh sweet baby I love you so much mm-hmm. like but that's how? where it comes to that all women are different because yes. reading a lot of different birth stories um, and it can be so easy for us to push our opinions about children and, and it's, it can be hard for people to, um, to speak what they're feeling at the moment of birth too. But I've read birth stories before where moms were like, having my child in the room helped me so much, like hugging her in the birth pool right. helped me so much. Oh, and yeah. I would have contractions when I was hugging her and I loved it. And then when they would be like, oh, we don't want you distracted and take my kid out of the room. I didn't she feel was worried about yeah. the kid. Anyways. Everyone didn't feel good. Everyone kept taking Evie out when I was having Brock because she was getting really hyper and like jumping on the bed. But I was getting upset because I liked having her there. She was not bothering me yeah. at all. And hearing her talk and like splash around was it was kind of like giving me something to focus mm-hmm. on. But everyone around was getting really irritated by her because they're like thinking she's going alone. to distract you right, right. And, which i get it so they ended up calling chuck's mom to come get her and I, I mean i pushed him out before she got there but it was like i was trying to say like it's i'm fine. okay right like it's okay and chuck knew she was okay so he kept saying i don't think i think it's okay like it's fine just let her go and, and everyone was like no she's being annoying and i was like but i'm okay but i couldn't say that so I definitely feel like I projected that onto our client whose birth we attended, whose son was also flipping out the entire time because he wanted to get in the birth tub. And I kept feeling like super protective of her birth space because yeah. we saw her labor slow down. Like oh, we know sure. that her labor lasted hours longer than it would have if yeah. she had been able to just drop into her space a little bit more. But every time he came like banging on the door, she wanted him in there and she was really happy to attend to him. And so even though I was feeling uncomfortable and wanting to protect her space, I don't think she would change anything about, even though she says it was her hardest labor. Yeah. I don't think that she would have ever changed her availability to her son. I mean, in all honesty, I was happy for her being happy for him. I wasn't okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You were traumatized. Can't stop. What do I hate more than the sound of a crying two year old? (laughs) Nothing. There's nothing I hate more than that. That's not why I do this job. You know what? I hate a little more than it sounds. Like, you know, I can't handle screaming kids. I cannot. But I think getting my hair pulled is just one up. 
Oh, from no, that. I don't know. My brother Matt used to yank my hair, and you know how the kids will like go to get, or people will pull your scrunchie out when you're in middle school. <gasps> anyway, that's what I hate more than a screaming child. Learn something new about your friends every day. Yep, that just kind of turned me on when you said that. That's so. my hell. <laughs> screaming children and someone that yanking all of our rules. Tess. No, ew. <laughs> not her pulling my hair. Just the thought of no. hair pulling. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, could you just imagine screaming children in a room while someone's yanking a brush through your tangled hair? Oh, I know. No, I think about not, this. This that's is not good. Maybe that's why. Is I this have what anxiety. you think about? Yeah. Sometimes Can I do. You, like she thinks about a lot of things. You I need guess. to listen to some audiobooks or something. Fill up that void of your mind. I do just... every time I'm in the car, but it's serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast right now called, <laughs> actually called Serial Killers. Because wow. it revisits all the most famous serial killers in the U.S. And right now this dude's in Canada and he's really creepy. Maybe I need to listen to like. So this is what I don't get though, is that you, <laughs> are, bears. you are worried about <laughs> no, going. No, that terrible You're worried too. about going out of the country because you might get trafficked and serial But you have killed, no problem listening to about serial killers. in the United States and you'll. <laughs> travel in the united states technically yeah. like i was i didn't Canada. say it makes sense my mom says that that's me being like anti other people's culture and i'm like no no it's not them it's me i know it's safe other places i just start to panic because i can't understand what people are saying and in my mind everyone's plotting my death so Especially i can't me. help that <laughs> I feel like we spent so many times, so much time being like, wow, can you imagine like living that person's life or like thinking that way? And now I'm starting to think that way about you. No one's going to come hire us ever. They're going to be like, she acts calm, but in her mind, she's thinking we're going to attack her. None of what you're expressing has anything to do with your professional brain, though. Your professional brain's on point. So on point. Okay. Anyway, go go on. So I don't know why we. I did want to say when it comes to children. There is usually a point where, like, moms are okay with the kids being around. And I've seen this a lot of times. Like, even, like, having a two-year-old splashing in the pool next mm-hmm. to you. And they love it. And they love and it. And we're like, don't touch them. And the mom's like, I'm fine. I don't yeah. even feel it. But I usually <laughs> do notice that there is a very, like, when she turns that corner into transition. Yeah. Then it's yeah. like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. No. I need. Because then you have to be, like. Yeah. Or the opposite. Shit. Or the opposite. Like, the kids need to be away in early labor and working mm-hmm. up towards transition. And then some moms hit transition and they're so inside themselves, they don't care anymore. So yeah. like they're, oh, don't do that. That's annoying. That's annoying. And then all of a sudden they're about to push and nothing bothers them. So basically what we're saying is that um, we they're, <laughs> we'll they're, figure it out as we go. But ha- sorry. There, there's no, there's no way for us there's to no tell rule. you anything about this. But still, <laughs> no, you still need to have, have a plan. <laughs> please have someone there. Please have someone there just yeah. in case. But some of the most beautiful moments before we go to break come about from children being at a birth. And we yep. have this amazing video. I'm going to try and dig it up from our oh, it was archive so of videos. Until I ruined it. Yeah. Are, so, you, are you talking about the birth you guys did together? Yeah. So we did a birth <laughs> together. And um, so this this daughter was a little bit older. And she was one of those kids that's just like the sweetest and like just so mature and so like caring and responsible she's just like meredith and and jesse's daughter Kay. they're mm-hmm. so emotionally sensitive mm-hmm. to everything around yeah. them i so, was worried about the birth i was worried that it would be too much for her but she did such a good job oh my gosh and then at like almost right after the baby came out the baby comes out and then her mom who has this like amazing soft like country accent breaks out into like a lullaby song oh my god And so they're singing and then her little girl is singing with her and they're holding her baby her husband is like they're all like holding each other and the baby and and they're singing a song together and i was videotaping i was like this is giving me chills which doesn't happen very often and then kim there's this water coming out of my eyes then kim yep opened the drain for the tub so instead of the singing we heard (laughs) i did that yep She's like, yes. I'm a professional. I got to watch that bleeding. I'm hey, singing, sorry, not sorry. Singing doesn't stop a hemorrhage. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Actually, there's no no one's ever done research Kimberly, on that. So singing could it's quite stop possible. A because could. they could be releasing more oxytocin than your mm-hmm. average bear. That's true. But I will say, like, in the moment of when, when her mom started pushing, like, I didn't know how she, her daughter would handle, like, that intensity. 
And I went to say to her, because her mom started making those like sounds, like the yeah. head was coming. And so her voice got higher. And I went to say, this is okay. This is normal. But I didn't have to. Like she naturally reached in and grabbed her mom's hand mm -hmm. and was like, you're so great, mom. You're right. so amazing. And I was like, her hand on yes. The side of the tub. So she just, anytime her mom would get intense, she would just reach in and start like stroking her mom's hand and telling her how amazing she was. And I was like, this, you were so much better than mm -hmm. an adult in mm -hmm. this moment. Like any intensity, she just took it in and then they were singing and they had said they wanted to start the baby's life with a song. And I kept thinking so that's never, sweet. it's not that I don't think these things can happen. It's, it's just, just in the moment you lose track right, of some of like, those things. But they did everything they wanted. Like, Oh my God, that little girl was so amazing. And then they sang from the yeah. moment. We didn't talk when the baby came out. They no. sang because they didn't want that interrupted. And I was just like, oh, that's so, sweet. That's so beautiful. I'm going to ruin it with the sound of a gurgling <laughs> tub. I, the same client that I was talking about earlier, I didn't really notice this during her labor, but we we're looking at the photos after and her daughter was sitting in a chair right by her head like, over the, the entire time and just like, watch like just like holding space for her and like watching her and like no one even knows she was really there because she was just being so quiet and gentle but like in every single picture she's just like holding space by her mom's head and it was like so, so cool amazing. like even yeah. in the photos you could like feel that it was so yeah kids are yeah. awesome well that girl should be a birth worker and so should that yeah. kid like, yeah they all need to just find their calling and do it yeah. yeah so basically the point of this half of the episode is that kids can be so so amazing at births especially if you take the proper preparations to help them know what's going to happen and what's going to go on mm -hmm. um but it's time to go to break and break, we'll break, come break. back and talk a little bit more about children out of birth let's do it Literally. Oh, cue the music <laughs> oh yeah so the sponsor for today's podcast is once again our patreon account so what do you get for being one of our patrons? So today, we recorded some behind-the-scenes footage of us recording our podcast. Probably will get more than you could ever want from us, honestly. <laughs> Sometimes we do weird, crazy dance videos. Sometimes we roll in the snow in our bathing suits, because why not? Yeah, so basically the point of this is, is that we would love to have you as a patron of our podcast if you become a patron there are three different levels of monetary support and each level gives you different perks um so yeah check out our patreon account it's www.patreon.com slash wine about birth and we would love to have you on the wine about birth patreon team cheers cheers welcome back from that delightful break soy delightful all of us had a chance to use the bathroom i just i'm drinking so much water today it's ridiculous i need Good to drink you. water too um i just wanted to give a big thank you to claire <laughs> that was not a thank you like a did question mark did you forget what you were gonna give her <laughs> did you forget how to say what was i giving you? claire oh a thank you <laughs> yes i don't know what i'm doing right now we enthusiastically thank you not questionably thank you yeah <laughs> we enthusiastically thank you, Claire, um, from the UK, who is a midwife, um, because she suggested this episode to us. Yeah. yeah. And we just want to say that we are loving how much people are reaching out to us and telling us things. And Thanks also, for all the like, ideas. If you love our podcast and you love hearing from us, like, please, please, please share it with other people. Like, we're really trying to get to a point where we can grow bigger and get out there to more people. Um, yeah, I said grow bigger. I wonder if they make podcast pumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my podcast pump, baby. <laughs> this says Austin Powers. This is my this podcast says Jessica pump, McKee, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so share it one of the best things you can do for us is to leave reviews on like itunes um and also like check out our patreon if you love our podcast every little bit helps pay for the costs associated with our podcast if you love hearing from us and one of these days we'll have the um videos up and typed out Yes. At some point. And we we're really scared we're gonna we're worried we're gonna scare people away if we post videos. Of the stuff we actually do <laughs> and nobody's looking. Or just the way that we look as we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot, hot, hot mess. It literally is a hot mess. Yeah. 
But at least all three of us were hot in that sentence. That's so. true. I was talking. I'm thinking more about like the state of your porch. <laughs> oh yeah, my porch is not a hot mess. It's just a mess. Yeah, it usually is too. Um, but that's okay. I clean it every once in a while, and life goes on. So I wanted to talk a little bit because Kim, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about mom's expectations for kids at birth. And I also wanted to talk about that a little bit as well, not when it comes to the actual birth when the baby is actually exiting. (laughs) But I have found that a lot of moms, because they do have trouble turning their brains off while they're still in mom mode, that if they have other kids, most moms wait until after their kids get put to bed to go into labor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or so, I love the moms that wait and have babies like at 4 a.m. right before their kids wake up so they don't have to worry about it. Exactly. And so for moms who are like, so then sometimes there's this internal battle for moms because it's like, well, I really wanted my kid here, but they're sleeping. Do I wake them up? Do I just let them sleep? Um, so I think that is a really big portion is not getting too attached to the idea of your child being there because in the moment, it might not work out mm-hmm. for your birth and um, being disappointed if you didn't wake up your kid because if you woke them up, then they'd be tired and they'd be screaming or whatever. Just like so it's like it has to be a very fluid thing, their inclusion in it. I do feel like most women, if it gets to the point where they're too in it to even think about having their kid there, that at the like at the end of it, they don't care. They're like, I didn't care. I was in, yeah. I was in it. I didn't even know who was around me at the time. Will, some will like start to push and be totally primal and then snap their eyes open and go, go get so-and-so yep. like they are going to wait and not push this kid out until, until their kid is there. So it's, everyone is different. You yeah. just have to like remember that yeah. and not let it make or break what's going on. Exactly. And I also like recommending, especially for people who need their labor to get started. So if you're in one of those situations where you need to go into labor, um, there are, and so like you were saying, if you're in it and you're in labor, usually your kids, like we say, if labor's real, nothing's going to stop it. But in those early labor times, when it's like your labor could get going or could stop, kids can be a hindrance to that. So I've noticed parents who like, say your water's broken and you need to go into labor within a certain amount of time or you're going post dates and you need to go into labor by a certain amount of time. I have found some parents, if they need to like stem or something else, that giving their kids to somebody else so that they can Mm -hmm. just not have to worry about anything and try and go into that more primal brain can help kickstart their labor, at which point once labor's going, the kids can yeah, come back. Yeah, once it starts. It's so cute to me that um, the moms will be, I'll say, well, how long have you been stimming? Oh, a couple hours. But I ha- I do have to keep stopping to get so-and-so snacks. And I'm like, what? Or I'm they're like, like planning their timing around different really? like, demands of their so kids of the day. And I'm like, could you get maybe their grandparents or whoever to take him out for a couple hours? And they're always like, you know, that's a good idea. They just, they're so they sweet. Think about they it. They don't yeah. even, th- because in their mind, that's their job. Yeah. So don't feel bad. Like your body is not going to go into labor for the most part. If you're caring for someone else, yeah. usually, not your always, brain, but your br- labor is so like our brains really can inhibit our labors. And so most people, when they start to go into labor, the beginning of it is it's like you can't concentrate on small tasks so if you're forcing yourself to concentrate on small tasks it's really going to make it harder for your body to kick over into that space it needs to be in so that again is one of those moments where it's good if it at all possible to have somebody else who can take over childcare duty for a little bit so that you can get things rolling do you remember that birth that we were going to do? It was in a really small house and they had two older sons and their plan was to pitch a tent in the backyard and they were going to have a camp out. That's do you right. remember yeah, that? I do remember And that. we both were like, oh no, like that's not going to work well. What ended up happening? I don't they even... ended up going to a family member's house. Okay. And that's thank right. goodness. Like, I mean, it might have been fine, but I was also like, what if it rains? Like, what if it's a thunderstorm? Like, it was just, I, I, I mean, it was like a really like creative idea and I I mean they might have been fine but really glad they had another plan (laughs) (laughs) it's true 
But yeah, I just can't, I cannot believe how many moms wait until their children are asleep to be like, okay, I'm not Most on mom duty them. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they, I, I honestly could not, could not count on one hand moms that have gone into labor with their children mm-hmm. during the day. Like, yeah. It just doesn't. The birth that I just did, the mom was supposed to have like a really fast second labor because her first was fairly quick. And it just lasted all day and just like was really hard to tell how it was progressing because she was so stoic and like so good at laboring and the whole like they live in this massive house. So we thought it'd be fine because her kid was literally like in another wing of this house, but you could hear him. And he was, he's like the greatest kid and he's so excited about the mower like he loves him that he's like two whenever the guy comes to mow the lawn he always gets like on his little hobby horse or like on a chair and pretends he's mowing the lawn and like makes Aww. noises so like I the whole time all during the day he's making all these noises and we're cracking up because it's adorable <laughs> but I could just I was like I wonder if this mom is just listening to him all day long and like not able to turn off so I was like really praying that it wasn't going to go into the night for her but I thought maybe that was always holding her up but instead it was that she was having a massive posterior baby oh yeah that'll do it that did it that will make that will put a (laughs) monkey what is monkey wrench in the can i share one more story about that little boy he was do whatever you like one of my favorites so we he had taken a nap at one point and jesse and i both panicked because we thought we that they had the because this couple did not like really want our help like we just like would pop in every once in a while but they were totally on their own and like they were doing such a beautiful job and so at some point their son went and took a nap and then he woke up and cried out and he had the most newborn cry i've ever heard the, from a toddler did? yeah oh so jesse and i just stop and look at each other and we're like oh my god like they had the baby like i that i'm not surprised like i hope he's okay like i guess they'll come get us and we're like joking like he was just gonna come get us but like yeah she's in bed already and the placenta's out like you guys could just go because they just were needing nothing from us but he came downstairs and he was like, oh, yeah, like I hear we're because he didn't know his mom was in the house laboring. We were like hiding her. And he was like, I hear I hear he calls his mom Amma. I hear Amma. And we were like, oh, yeah. And he and he was like, yeah, I hear going. <laughs> and he like starts mimicking puking noises. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's her. Like. That's hysterical. Yeah, because at first I thought he was like trying to make labor noises, and I realized, oh no, he's mimicking her puking. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's like excited about it. Uh, Kids are hysterical, man. <laughs> they will just say whatever is on their minds yeah. at all times. One of the first, I don't know if it was one of the first, maybe like one of the first 20 births I ever went to as a student. It was the first kid I ever saw at a birth, and he was this giant, short, stocky, adorable little, like, he wasn't quite two, but his dad was huge, so he was going to be a big kid, but I was like, oh, this is interesting. I wonder how this is going to go, and the mom was, like, rocking on her hands and knees in the birth tub, and she'd moan, and he'd, he'd walk over with his chubby pudgy little legs and go and like (laughs) lean over and make the kissy sound and she'd lean towards him while she was rocking and he'd like kiss her on the forehead and then he'd like toddle away you know and i'm like oh yeah that's the cutest thing i've ever seen and then the baby came out and he looked and then toddled back away like he was just so happy yeah to be there and like kiss his mom every five seconds it was adorable oh, sweet that almost makes my ovaries feel something almost <laughs> but that was the birth i'm like, gonna you know. ovulate tomorrow and that was a lie my ovaries are not feeling anything <laughs> i had mine i mean i had mine at my birth but i never saw it outside of mine i guess so yeah that was, it was awesome then i was like oh kids can be at a birth like i thought he'd freak out because she was very vocal but yeah he found it to be completely normal yeah well and i know that when you had max all your kids were there but you did the thing where you waited until oh yeah nighttime when they yeah, all fell asleep max was born at like sometime around eleven thirty. yeah so they were sleeping and we just woke them up later and like oh you have a baby brother well chris videotaped he vid- well he was 10 so yeah, so I guess it was just Oscar was yeah, asleep he was in the asleep. other room. Yeah, 
But Chris, like from now on or from then on was like, why would you, why did you have me at the hospital? Like, yeah, that was the joke. And I'm like, I just didn't love you enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you and Oscar, you know, I was still committing to parenthood. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> you weren't sold on it yet. <laughs> you were my sacrificial pancake. Yes. So then he's like, well, I can't marry someone if they won't have, this is when he's little. Like, oh I can't gosh. marry someone. Your, your kids have so many intense life <laughs> process, like thought that, processes. If the, she wants to birth at a hospital, I can't. And I'm like, well, it's a respectful conversation, but you could do like eHarmony and give them a piece of paper. Like, do you plan to circumcise? Yes or no? Where do you yeah. want to birth? There's got to be was- like a home birth community like forum for dating. <laughs> it would be Everybody, so weird. There's so many forums now. You know, there's got to be oh, something yeah. oh my gosh. out there. Ren made a circumcision joke the other day. Oh, and um, (laughs) it actually I can't remember exactly how it came up, but it made complete sense. But then she forgot what circumcision was called, so she was like, (laughs) "So she goes, she goes, oh, is that like maybe they did the bad thing to that?" I'm like, "What bad thing?" She goes, "You know the bad thing people do to their sons' penises." I was like, circumcision? She goes, yeah. I was like, what? You know, circumventing. Circumlocation. My kids told me a a really funny. They told you a really funny circumcision joke. And I can't remember what it was. It was so inappropriate. But it was... I don't, I don't, I don't. Apparently you're the circumcision joke person. I hate circumcision, but I love circumcision <laughs> jokes for some reason. I'm going to think about it and then we're going to. Maybe it's because I use hu- humor to talk about circumcision, but. Yeah, we laugh yeah. at things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what I do. I definitely do that. So I think that we can just transition back into <laughs> how much children learn from being part of the birth experience because. I think for a long time, at least like the past hundred or so years, that has been something that's been missing mm-hmm. oh, for sure. in our culture is that children um, from the time they were born before this, you know, it was just normal for people to have their babies at home and they had lots of kids. And so kids were brought up seeing birth and usually seeing it as something normal. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is something incredibly healing about our kids experiencing birth as something positive and something normal. And then they learn that they come out of vaginas and not buttholes. Or belly buttons. Like new girl would have you believe. Very oh true. Gosh. Well, like, I think we've said like so many times that for some reason, even though there are transitions that we all go through, like birth, <laughs> menstruation, yeah, death, like we don't talk about these things because whatever reason, it just makes people uncomfortable. So we just need to bring back like safe conversations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But how incredibly healing would it be as more and more people, because like out of hospital birth is growing so much and there's even a lot of people bringing their kids to their hospital births now. But like how healing would it be for the next couple generations if we have it starts out slow, this many kids who experience birth as normal. And then when they give birth, their kids experience birth mm-hmm. as normal. And then it like grows and grows and grows. So there can be this healing of birth where we take away a lot of the fear and maybe and misunderstanding and maybe then it wouldn't be so much like sharing horror stories and all these things that are for the majority of the time not true about birth yeah. well, it actually like, becomes a family event again it's a whole like take birth back movement that we've had for a long time now but everyone's like oh you're just a bunch of dirty hippies like ooh, who has their baby at home where it, it used to be that those of us having our, our baby at home were actually safer yeah, you know when hospital birth first came about, and I think we're kind of moving. I know in this area, for the love of God, I feel a hell of a lot safer out of the hospital unless mm-hmm. there's an emergency that yeah. you cannot help. And that's I love the hospital, but I don't know. I just feel like out of hospital Some people, shit coming up. Yeah, every midwife I know is capped for yeah. almost the rest of the year, it, and so. The statistics right now are that birth is at an all-time low, but for us, it's at an yeah, all-time, all-time high, high. Yeah. which is great. I mean, I think people are starting to realize, like, let's just stay safe, you know, at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, not have it be such a regulated, institutionalized thing where there's so many, like, rules and regulations. Like, because there are a lot of people right now who are choosing home birth because of COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. because... They're not allowing families to attend. And and it goes against kind of like the rule we're talking about. 
But there are so many people who come from like another place and they don't have people here that they feel comfortable watching their kids or whatever. Yeah. That they have no choice but to bring their children to their birth. And so if they can't do that because of COVID, I mean. Then the partners are staying home because there's literally no one to watch their kids. I mean, Mm -hmm. for God's sakes, we had a client or you had a client had to transfer to the hospital like an hour postpartum. And they wouldn't let the baby come yeah, with her because it, the baby was counted count- as a person as a person. And so basically the partner had to stay back at the center with the baby because the baby and the partner couldn't go together, which is like absolutely like yeah, it's and it absurd. doesn't like that's not how we're spreading COVID for the love of F. Like, no, I, I can't even deal with it. Yeah. There was always like a weird energy about bringing babies po- to the hospital postpartum even before COVID. But there was yeah, no but- like there was no like like rule that they could say was keeping you from doing it, but you definitely got like some shit for doing it. It depended on who it was and when, but yeah. there were people who were afraid to bring them be- because they were afraid that the baby would get admitted. Um, but then there's other times when that we would bring babies to the hospital and they'd be like, no, that's great. Like baby. I fine. never really had a problem with it. Yeah. I think a lot of the nurses several times they had said i just i'm not sure what the policy is on that and i'll just say oh there's actually no policy the baby's always been allowed to room with the mom and they're like oh okay and that's it in my experience it's when they have to go through the er it's the er that has a huge problem and then when they get up to lnd obviously it's a little bit more safe but yeah the emergency room does not handle it very well i don't know we just i never even in the er i never had an issue with it the dad would just show up with the baby strapped into the car seat so that the baby's not uh, patient, yeah. Um, yeah. considered a patient. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I've just never had now that it's an issue because of COVID. But one of my favorite stories that we were talking about doing, um, I think we've already really told her story, but the one with the kids coming in with their sleeping bags, yeah. <laughs> half of their house. I honestly, I forgot about that story, but then now that you bring it back up, it's so vivid, like stepping over them yeah. <laughs> to get around the birth room. And it was terrible for her in the moment because, well, she kept saying, and I got to know these kids during the prenatal care and they were so cute, super energetic. So I oh, wasn't yeah. they sure were so excited. like how it was going to go, but they came they they all came together and I said you might not be in labor so let's check first and she was like no that I don't have prodromal labor like uh, this is it it's happening they brought all of their Costco purchases and I oh, mean man. huge yeah, boxes there was boxes of snacks of, like juice and coconut water and just so much more food than anyone's ever brought ever so prepared so I mean her defense she was feeding like three extra people yeah. than most of our so clients so cute and then they all they came up her son and her daughter and they laid out their sleeping bag they got their little iPad and they were watching their movie and they made popcorn and they like literally did all this stuff and then finally I checked her and she was not dilated at all yeah and yeah. they stayed up until like one or two in the morning oh like, yeah they were up so late yep and it was and then they all just like oh that sucks and they went home i think they did, did i thought they didn't they just stay the night though at that point no no oh, they went okay. home they packed everything back up but we left the food in the closet that was another point that i wanted to bring up um that i've heard so many moms verbalize because we have so many moms especially when they have one other child who um in their day-to-day life they are so consistent with like how much screen time do you get like how much sugar do you get to eat like all of that kind of stuff and then they get very anxious about like oh my gosh when i'm in labor i might have to like let the let the kid watch the screen more or have a lollipop yes and i want to say like sometimes that can be the greatest thing because then the kids look at it as like it's a, a novelty yeah. yeah and so it's like being in labor and even the immediate postpartum, I always tell moms, your only job is to get get this baby out. And then in the immediate postpartum, your only job is to feed yourself, feed your baby and survive. Right. Um, Don't so worry about Netflix. <laughs> that is not unless your kid has like health reasons why they have very strict like dietary whatever. Um, that is not the time to to let go to be strict about screen time and sugar. That is the time to actually make things easier for yourself. And then once you get into a routine, you can, they'll see that they won't see it as something that happens every day. They'll see it as something that was like during a special time in life. They'll be begging you to pop out babies. (laughs) Could you please have another baby? I just want another lollipop. So that I can watch some more of my, my tablet. (laughs) It's been three years since I watched this episode and they've got lots of seasons. But I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, well, the second time that family came in, they did not bring all their stuff. 
and it was prodromal labor again. Oh no! Oh, but the third time was a charm, and yeah. everything was went swimmingly. Were the, the kids, kids all there for the third time, or? Well, they yeah, they brought the kids everywhere with them yeah. all the time. So yeah, and it was amazing. It, it was just they were so great. They were like they'd come over and look at her, and then pop over onto their sleeping bag, and then mm-hmm. come over and talk to her, and it was like, see. This works really well if they're and then they were in it. They were like, yeah. oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to help do this with the baby. I want to do that. Oh, never mind. I'm watching Netflix. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but, that was just it is it was up to them to do what to they were. There was no pressure. Right. No one yeah. was like trying to control everything they did. So they were they had all kinds of snacks and they were loving it. And that made it fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I think ha- like when the family is all involved together And it's like, just don't be afraid to talk about the hard things in advance. Like, kids need to hear those things. And they, you know, it's it's one of those times in life where, like, life is just so real. And kids get to see that through birth. So, I mean, my opinion is, as we're closing up the episode, that kids usually are, as long as the mom feels Mm -hmm. comfortable with it and they prepare the kids, kids are great. And they're mm-hmm. fine and it could be amazing. The one other thing I was going to suggest is, you know, I know it's fun to have prenatal appointments with like just you and your midwife or you and whoever. But if your kids are coming to the birth and, and the midwife or the doctor breaks out a blood, a blood pressure cuff for the mm-hmm. first time, like so maybe have the kids be involved in your care, even if it's just a couple of times. That way they can say, oh, look, like Kim is using this Doppler. It's not... They just see these pieces of equipment and they think torture device. Yeah. yeah. So then when you go in to their home or if they come into the center, I get out the Doppler and they're like, oh, I'll hit the button. Like, yeah, you just want to make every single bit of it comfortable and normal so that it's not scary. But it mm-hmm. also makes them get more familiar with your care providers. Right. Because then if if we're they come to the birth and they've never met us, then they don't really feel comfortable like listening to us or whatever and so if they've seen us over and over and they've helped us measure mom's belly and listen to baby's heart tones and do her blood pressure and squeeze the squeezy thing they see us as someone fun so that way if we're at the birth and something's happening and we're like oh yeah this is totally normal or yeah this is what happens when mommy we're not seen as someone that's a stranger that's scary we're seen as someone's like oh yeah i know you and you've been taking care of mom Mm -hmm. and i can trust you and so Mm -hmm. it integrates them into the whole experience not just but I do say, like, have some appointments by yourself when you can talk about the yeah. real stuff because yes. sometimes you need to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely having them around for some of the appointments is super important. So I don't think we have anything else to say about that. I think it's all been said. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> if, I love how much you crack yourself up. If you if there's anybody out there listening who does have any stories about their children being at their birth or they have pictures they want to share oh, I love the love pictures. or how you experienced it or how your kids experienced it, um, share this, share them with us. You can email us at wineaboutbirth@gmail.com. You can private message us on any of our you could link your social media to our, yeah our facebook or instagram yeah um so just yeah share those stories with us and maybe we can share them as a birth story of the week to help normalize birth and help normalize siblings at birth y'all we've been going to so many births or and well it was you guys mostly but um we haven't even been telling birth stories of the week we've just been talking about all the different births <laughs> Well, I think we're going to get back to doing birth stories of the week because we have done so many births lately, but our episodes have not been conducive to a birth story of the week. I have not. I've done the least amount of births in my entire life this month. What? Good for you. Yeah. Jen's doing all of them. Literally all of them. I've done the most births I've ever done. Treat yourself. your damn mind. (laughs) That's why I said I think maybe... I need to work a little more. I did do several births with Jen this month. You're right. Yeah. No, I I haven't done. I've done like two or three. Oh, okay <laughs> that's like i know you can't see your face but that's like a terrifying manic laugh i told that was jen not i was texting face <laughs> i texted jen that i felt like a kept woman like, oh my i'm word. like oh we're doing pay how are we doing this i feel like a kept woman right now so i'll take your money <laughs> you just said you want to get paid for your lifestyle and you literally are and now you're bitching about it i don't know what to do with myself <laughs> she just has to feel guilty she can't win i'm 85 percent done my book Yeah, 86% now. That's so exciting. I'm obnoxiously looking obsessively at the number. 
Yeah, Thank I know. You. Every time I see you, you have a have a new percentage. I know. It's annoying. No. It's one of the I mean, if things. that's what's getting you through it, girl, go for it. I like everything the about you. The problem is nothing's getting me through anything right now. I like everything about <laughs> you. You're, you're thriving. You're, you're going. This will be your third trip in two weeks. Fourth. I, I went to Jersey twice. And one of those times um, I went to New York. That's so, true. Yeah, four trips in one month okay let's wow. get You're the like me but heck out of here all right well it's time to close out this episode but to all those moms out there who have your babies at your births or don't have your other babies at your births you guys are all amazing it was a very personal choice and yeah share your we stories we support you we support you and cheers, cheers. <laughs>